the Liberty Cast with Big E, the man who makes the founders seem like moderates. Hey, what's up, y'all? This is Big E with the Liberty Cast. Uh, it's been a slow news week, so there's really not a whole lot for us to talk about this week, but um, <laughs> yeah, you know I'm full of shit, right? It hasn't been a, it, it's been a, it's been a busy news week. Uh, lots of stuff going on. I don't know about you all, but I am pretty much Trump, Russia, traitor. Just, I'm, I'm done with all of it. It is, it's been, it's been ridiculous. It's been exhausting. So what I want to do to start us off today is uh, talk about something that uh, was fairly enjoyable for me. And, um, those of you who know me, those of you who follow me, understand that I am a huge comic book nerd. Um, I have seen every Marvel movie, have seen every uh, DC Universe movie, pretty much any comic book movie, any movie that's been based on comic books, uh, graphic novels, I have seen at least once. And in most cases, as my wife will attest, many, many times to the point where there's quite a number of them that I can recite entire scenes word for word. I'm not proud of it, but it is what it is. But uh, this past week, uh, I finally got to see Ant-Man and the Wasp. And I have to tell you that it was a really good movie. Every bit as good as the first one. Um, They introduced some new characters, uh, which I am excited about. And uh, I'm not going to spoil anything for you if you haven't seen it yet. But uh, they have introduced some new characters one of which I am very excited to see uh, where they take that character uh, in the, in the movies to come. Um, I'm hoping that they, that they do uh, develop this character more. Uh, Actually, it's a couple uh, that they introduced that uh, I'm interested in seeing, but um, that I might be getting a little too close to spoiler territory. So with that in mind, I'm not going to get too deep into any plot points, uh, devices, anything that uh, could potentially spoil it for you if you haven't seen it yet. And if you plan to, but uh, I will just say that there there are some aspects besides uh, some of the characters that they introduced. There are some aspects that I'm that I'm that I'm really excited about. One of them was the the way they explored the dynamic between uh, Hope Van Dyne, Hank Pym, and Scott Lang. Uh, if you've seen the the first one, you know exactly what I'm talking about. If you haven't, then you're probably bored as hell, and I'm sorry. But uh, that the way they explored that, the things that they that they did with that uh, that plot point, which I said I wasn't going to get into, but here we are. Uh, but the things that they did with that, uh, I was I found really enjoyable. And one of the other things that I really found um, exciting and in in that in the movie was the the way they used the the shrinking technology and the the expanding technology of the PIM particle and, and things that they did with that. There were some really cool action sequences that, uh, that they did with it that made for some, some pretty funny moments. It was, it was really, it was really well done. And obviously after the events of infinity war, I think they wanted to strike, uh, a lighter tone and they were, they were really successful in doing that. The, uh, the fight sequences, Uh, The action sequences, like I talked about, all really well done. The fight sequences were funny, especially when you have these tiny little 
especially when you have these tiny little characters beating the hell out of these supposed badasses. It was, it was, it was pretty funny. One other aspect of this movie I wanted to talk about before I move on. Walton Goggins has a part in this movie, and I don't know if you're familiar with him, but he is perhaps one of the best actors in Hollywood right now. He's been in shows like The Shield. He's been in Justified. He had a fantastic role in Sons of Anarchy. He's been in a couple of movies. Uh, He was in uh, a show on History Channel, I believe, uh, about SEAL Team 6. He is phenomenal. And he actually does... I wouldn't say he steals the show, but his performance in this movie is 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 really good. He um if you're familiar with his acting, you know that he he brings it pretty much every time he's he's on the screen and this time was no different. Something else that um happened this week and like I said, I'm not going to get it get too deep into it. This wasn't so much a review as uh as a recommendation that I highly recommend that you go see this movie. Um, But something else that happened in the wake of the release of Ant-Man and the Wasp. uh, In fact, I think it just happened a couple days ago. Disney is no longer in a bidding war with 20th 20th century Fox, which means that, and this is fantastic news for, for MCU fans. This means that properties like X-Men, the fantastic four, all the villains um, and the storylines that, that go along with those with those properties are now um, available to Marvel and the MCU. I'm not sure when, if there are any plans yet um, to, to bring some of these movies into the MCU. They may keep them separate for reasons that only really comic book nerds would understand, so I'm not going to get into it. They may keep them separate. They may bring in some characters and not others. And and for people who are really familiar with it, you know that some characters that were brought into the MCU filled gaps left by characters that should have been in the MCU, but were owned by, uh, owned by Fox and they were in the X-Men and uh, the X-Men and, and Fantastic Four. Now we can see how they might be able to, to fix some of that, how they're going to go about reincorporating these characters into the MCU. It's really going to be it's really going to be fun uh, to watch phase four five and six unfold. And again, if you're not a comic book fan, you have no idea what that means. But if you are, then you understand exactly where I'm coming from. So hopefully this will be um, sooner rather than later when they can bring some of these characters to the big screen and get them get them the, the, the treatment that they deserve because Fantastic Four, one of the very first properties ever created by Stanley and Jack Kirby, Fantastic Four has, they have given us some horrible, horrible movies. It, it's, it, it's, it's just sad that those movies had such ridiculous uh, treatment. I wanted to like the last one that they just did or that they did a few years ago with Michael B. Jordan, who was fantastic as Killmonger in Black Panther. But uh, I wanted I, I wanted that movie to be good, but it was it just was not it. It was horrible. So hopefully now with this news, they'll be able to to start writing some of those wrongs, because for us, comic book nerds, 
we were wronged severely with, with those movies. It, there's just no getting around it. So I apologize if I bored anyone with, with talk of Marvel and the MCU. But uh, I told you all when we started this thing that it wasn't going to be all politics, all seriousness all the time. And uh, like I said, it's been it, it's been exhausting. And I just wanted to do something a little a little a little lighter to start us off before we get into the meat of things. But um, so I'll just close saying that uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp was a really good movie and I highly recommend that you go see it. With that said, uh, we're going to go ahead and take a little break. And when we come back. There, uh, there are a number of topics we can talk about. I'm not sure which one it'll be. Uh, there's, 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 like I said, it has not been a slow news week. We, can, we may talk about Trump and the fact that the left is uh, going on about him being a traitor. NRA and Russia ties that may or may not be there. This nebulous connection that, uh, that seems to exist or not. Um, and then some other bigger topics I wanted to talk about, and we may or may not get to them, but... Uh, racism. I've been seeing a lot of on social media about how racism is so prevalent. And um, in fact, I got into it on social media um, a few days ago with someone. The discussion centered around um, institutional racism and how racist they perceive the United States to be. Somebody made a joke, which I pointed out was a, was a racist joke. And then I was asked a question, and I'm going to pull it up here real quick. Somebody said, so what you're saying is that you would be fine if you woke up as a POC, which is person of color, and be okay with how you were then treated, right? And my response was, I've woken up every day for the past 48 years as a black person, and I am, I am okay with how I've been treated. Is there racism? Are there racists? Yes. Is it institutional? No. And um, and I've written about this, but we'll, uh, we'll when we get back, that that may be the next topic that we get into now that uh, now that I've opened that uh, that can. So we're going to go ahead and take a break and when we get back. We'll talk about racism and how it affects us, if it affects us in 2018. segment took a sharp left turn, didn't it? Start off talking about Ant-Man and the Wasp, something fun, and end up talking about racism. How did that happen? <laughs> Welcome back to Libby Cast. I'm your host, Big E. And uh, we'll go ahead and pick up where we left off. Uh, like I said, I was talking about how I got into it um, on social media with somebody saying that uh, there was deep-seated institutional racism in this country and it's a national embarrassment. And ask, I was asked the question, if I woke up as a person of color, I would be okay with how I was treated. And uh, like I said earlier, my response was, I've woken up every day for the past 48 years as a black person, and I am okay with how I've been treated. I have come across racist people in the past. I have friends that have experienced some really ridiculous racism. 
I even I may have experienced racism and just didn't recognize it because it's not the way that I view the world. It's not something that affects my day to day life. It's not something that I that I choose to dwell on when I, when I when I do see it. And for people that that view everything through a prism prism of race, I have friends and family members that everything has to be viewed through that prism before anything else can be considered. And that to me is just ridiculous. It's no way to live life. And you end up accusing people of things that they, they, it was the furthest thing from their mind. And I just don't understand why, especially in the era of the, uh, the post, the post racial era that was supposed to be ushered in by, by, uh, Barack Obama why we're still even dealing with this. And I know that people will say that the cops are racist and they're mowing down black people in record numbers. It's just, just not true. It's a narrative that they are pushing. It's a narrative that Black Lives Matter and the media and the, the, the left who thrives on keeping black people under their quote-unquote uh, protection, I guess you could say, but um, it, it it's ridiculous, and I am very happy to see now this uh, this walk away movement. And I can't believe I'm going to say this again, but I think we might actually have Kanye West to thank for that. And I have called him a buffoon. I have called him all kinds of other names, idiot, and those are, those are just the ones that I can safely say, and I know this is the internet, but I'd rather not go there, but uh, I have called him a whole host of names, and but he seems to be the one that a lot of people are responding to in terms of being able to see the Democrat Party for the races that they really are. And I know that there are people who belong to the Democrat Party who genuinely, genuinely believe that, that they help genuinely believe that there is racism and that they're trying to fight it and bless their hearts. But at the same time, black people have been voting en masse as Democrats for decades. And yet, every time a Democrat gets elected, they're running on the same issues that they've been running on for the past 50 years, and nothing has changed. So I think that with this walk away movement and people talking about walking off the Democrat plantation, I could not be happier. And if this country really was racist, just to, to get back to that for a second, how could Barack Obama have gotten elected twice? He got 43% of the white vote in 2008 and 39% of the white vote in 2012. If this country were so racist, he would not have been elected once. He wouldn't have gotten any of the white vote, or at the very least, it, he may have gotten a small, small minority, one, two percent tops. But here again, the left will tell you that the other 57 to 61 percent um, who didn't vote for him were racist. And when, when you come at a situation, when you come at a problem, when you come at, when you come at it like that, there's nowhere for you to go. 
there's absolutely nowhere for you to go because once you once you start t- telling everybody that they're racist, the conversation just shuts down. The person who's calling racism gets the last word and nothing gets resolved. And all during Obama's presidency, if you disagree with him on policy, it was because he's black. Well, I'm black and I disagreed with him on everything. So I'm, I guess I'm self-loathing, a self-loathing black person. I hate myself because I can't get behind uh, the black guy in the, sitting in the Oval Office. No, I can't get behind him because he was an idiot, because he was a traitor. And uh, I guess I just laid the seeds for the next segment that we're going to do, talking about Trump being a traitor and everything. But uh, we'll, we'll get back to that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the United States is not a racist country. Are there aspects of our history that might lead one to conclude that? If it was looked at, if that time capsule, so to speak, were looked at, sure. Slavery, terrible blight on our history. Jim Crow, KKK lynching black people. I mean, yes, we have, we have a, a bit of a history in terms of, of race relations. But at the same time, we, like I said earlier, we couldn't possibly be a racist country if we elected a black man as president. We had a black man and a black woman both serving as secretary of state, both nominated to that position by a Republican president. So spare me with the United States as a racist country. Spare me with... Racism is institutional. It's ingrained in our society. We need to root. It's not. And to suggest that just shows that you have no sense of history, no perspective, and are just looking to be a victim, looking to advance the victim ideology. And like Candace Owens says, I refuse to be a victim. She refuses to be a victim. And it's time that we get away from this whole victimhood mentality and start acting like victors, to use her phraseology. Racism in this country is not systemic. It's not institutional. It's, it, it, if, if you are found out to be a racist, more often than not, unless you are just associating with other racists, more often than not, you get looked, looked at like you're a pariah. Like, they still make you? I mean, come on, get with it. It's 2018. So we'll just end on this. The United States is not racist. And to suggest otherwise is just ignorant and you need to educate yourself. When we come back, we are going to talk about Russia. Russia, Russia, Russia. We're going to talk about Russia, whether or not Trump is actually a traitor, what the word actually means. And this nebulous connection that the left is trying to draw between the NRA and Russia. So we'll be right back after this quick break.
Welcome back to the Liberty Cast. I'm your host, Big E. And now we're going to talk about something that I said previously that I was tired of hearing about and dealing with, but I think it's it has some significance and I, I want to at least address it. And that's Russia, Russia, Russia. Like I said, I am I'm really, really tired of hearing about Russia. It's all the left has. I get that. They've, they've been investigating Donald Trump for collusion with Russia since July of 2016. I mean, come on. Collusion is not a crime. If they're investigating him for conspiracy, okay, that's a crime. But there's still no evidence of it. And if they had evidence of it, we would have heard about it. We, they, they've been investigating collusion. If there was a conspiracy, like I said, we would have heard about it. But we haven't. They're using the the Trump, the quote unquote Trump Russia connection, collusion, conspiracy, whatever you want to call it. They're 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 using that and they're trying to push this narrative that he's somehow a traitor, a traitor for meeting with Russia. If if any meetings took place and there's no evidence that any did, uh, they're trying to say he's a traitor for taking a, a meeting with 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 Putin. I mean, it's it, it, it's just ridiculous. Ronald Reagan met with Gorbachev. Presidents have been meeting with Russian leaders since 1943. This is this is not new. This is not unique. And it is definitely not treasonous. And, 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 and they're saying he's a traitor, not just because he took the meeting, but because in the press conference afterwards, he didn't publicly berate Putin for meddling in our in our elections. If you're trying to broker peace with somebody, our, the relationship between the United States and Russia is is in shambles right now. Everybody knows that. If you're trying to 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 smooth things out between the two leaders, why why would you expect him to get up in front of a podium in front of a press corps and 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 start throwing out these accusations? Of course, Russia meddled in our election. It's it's what they do. We've met Barack Obama meddled in the election of of uh, in Israel. It, it, it's it's what countries do when the security of your country is at stake. Everything is on the table. Russia is trying to get an upper hand on us. So they tried to meddle in our elections. It's to be expected. Barack Obama knew that this was was happening and he did nothing. He was alerted that this was going on and he did nothing. So it's it's. Like I said, it's exhausting. Trump is not a traitor. He has done nothing treasonous. I don't think the left even knows what the word means. Committing treason is giving aid and comfort to your enemies. How is not publicly berating a world leader a treasonous act? How is attempting to be diplomatic in your approach, albeit inartfully and some would argue unsuccessfully, but nevertheless, how is trying to be diplomatic at a joint press conference, how does, how does that equate to being a traitor? It doesn't. It's, it's, it's silly. It's childish. It's, it's, just, it's dumb. So Trump is not a traitor. There are other people in past administrations where a case could actually be made. $1.7 billion to Iran. 25% of our uranium reserves to Russia. 
selling guns to Mexican cartels. It wasn't Trump that did those things. So if we're talking about treason, if we're talking about being a traitor, we, we may have we have a few other places we can look and where there is actually proof that these things took place now. And, 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 and Trump's policies against Russia have been harder than those of either Bush or Obama. If, 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 if somebody is actually thinking about this in a sober way, if somebody is actually taking the time to understand exactly what's going on and not just being fed talking points by fake news, CNN, or, or any of these other liberal outlets that were a part of Obama's press corps back in the day, then we would know, you would know if you were, if you were doing that and not just looking at the headlines that this whole narrative that is being constructed by the left is way out of line and way out of control. There's another nebulous Russia connection that the left is trying to make. And Shannon Watts is having a field day with this one. Um, Maria Bettina, um, a Russian national, likely a spy at this point. I mean, it's, you can't really, it, it's hard to deny that. Um, or it's, it's hard to not at least accept the possibility that she may have been a spy. They're trying to push this connection that she had with the NRA and say that the NRA has been in the pocket of Russia, that they've been, that they've been taking money from the Russians to help influence campaigns. There's no evidence of that. Maria Bettina was indicted for, and let me, let me make sure I get this right, conspiracy to act as an agent of the Russian Federation within the United States. Spying. Okay, I get it. But there is no evidence to suggest that any of the bigwigs that she met uh, in the NRA had any knowledge uh, of her of her true agenda. There's no knowledge that she was that they were privy to to what she was really up to. Allegedly. So and whatever her motives were, whether they were pure in terms of her desire to have uh, a Russian equivalent of the NRA uh, over there, or whether it was part of some other uh, master plan of, of Putin, who knows. But regardless of what the true motives were, it started before Donald Trump even announced he was running for president, well before he took office. So to try and make that connection is just silly. And they're trying to say that the NRA took $30 million from, from Russian oligarchs. All the evidence that I've seen says that the NRA has taken dues and donations from members with Russian addresses, totaling $2,500. There's no evidence to suggest that, that the NRA was part of or privy to some nefarious plot to cripple the United States and pave the way for a a Russian Federation takeover of the United States or whatever delusional narrative the left is trying to push in order to scare people. There's just no evidence of it. And I'm tired of it. I mean, it's been two years. There's no evidence. The only indictments that have been handed down have been of Russians. Obviously, we just have to come to grips with the fact that the left and their hysteria 
and their agenda-driven media blitz is not going away. The Russia story is not going away. Anytime Donald Trump tweets out something that's the least bit controversial, it's going to dominate the news cycle for the for next 24, 36 hours. This is just going to be a fact of life until the left has some sort of epiphany that they're on the wrong side of things. Or, well, I guess that's really the only way this is going to end. Given the fact that so many millennials are okay with socialism, we actually have admitted socialists running for office now and, and winning seats. Given that fact, we just have to make sure that Donald Trump is in office for another four years. Hopefully he can appoint another one or two Supreme Court justices. And then we can have some prosperity and show these people that capitalism, constitutionalism is the way that we uh, that we prosper as a country and that socialism just doesn't work. So we'll just leave that there for the time being. But folks, we have run out of time, so I am not going to be able to discuss San Francisco and their push to register illegal aliens to vote. I'm, I'm in the process of writing a column uh, on that, and uh, so I will I will do that, and we can talk about that uh, next time. But um, for now, I just want to say thanks for listening, and I will talk to you all again soon. Keep your head on a swivel and stay safe, everybody.